0: Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are warned that the following recordings may contain the sounds and voices of deceased persons. Conversations on Country is a series of diverse stories of place and being of the Gumbaynggirr, Dangati, Biripai, and Waramai nations. Our storytellers for this episode are proud Waramai women, Auntie Lynn Davis and Auntie Janice Paulson.
1: First and foremost, I would like to pay my respects to the elders, past, present and future. The traditional custodians of the sacred land that were gathered on here today, home of the Waramai people, of the Gatang-speaking nations. So, Guji-yigu, yigu Maralabaragu, Yibarababaray, Yagatangubabaray, Gatay-nyurin. So welcome. You have come here. This is our country. This is my country. This is my father's country. Waramai, I Guba, Baray. And I'll just do a blessing now with the water. So I'm just going to get these nerfs on the paper menu. We've come from up the lake. From Coomba George, my great-grandfather, he owns most of us down here. Him and uh, Amelia Slater. Our the river flows all the way up to Coomba Park and, you know, it twines with the Mile Lakes and Smiths Lake and um, Wallace. They all join in together and, you know, and then we get the water that's coming down from the mountains and, yeah, from Gloucester and, you know, that's part of Warramai country too and um, Biripi country. So we're all linked in together in this one big Happy family. We were all very poor. So there the third lot of houses there. The ones we were reared up in were the ones that our fathers built. And some, my mum and dad lived in a tent, a railway tent before I was born. So they only had my eldest sister Maureen and my brother William. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then one day they decided to come along and just, with no consultation, decided yeah. to knock the houses down and they were building housing commission ones up here. Yeah. So, and they were, well, they were all exactly the same, yeah. you know, so they're the third lot of houses there, but, you know, we had a good life, it was all about caring a share and everybody on that reserve, they all had um, fruit trees, vegetable gardens, you know, some of the yeah, men did the fishing, yeah, and it was all shared out all over. Yeah. So we were self-sufficient. You know, the talk about Aboriginal people being self-sufficient, but we were self-sufficient. Do you like to say anything, Aunty Gems?
2: Grandfather had a great big garden, probably about a half an acre, and it had, in um, summertime it had, you know, lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers. Uncle Jack had honey, yeah. um, and, you know, we didn't want for anything, and they were big. They were great fishermen, weren't they? Yeah. Great fishermen. Oh, it was funny. But when they they come home with dewfish, great dewfish. I mean, they were really those dewfish must have been about a meter long. And they'd come home with them over their shoulder, throw them on the ground. But later on, a couple of days later, us kids had fun with the scales. We'd get those scales, and we'd stick them on our fingers with the Perkins paste and cut them into shape. So we reckon we made the first false fingernails, and at weekends we'd go out to Pebbly Beach, and the whole families went out there. Only, some but someone would collect some wood or something. We'd make some Johnny cakes and that on the fire cook. Deborah under the coals and yeah, and go and get some periwinkles and conchs and mutton fish yeah, or abalone, whatever and. If the men were lucky enough to get, um, you know, uh, fish, we'd cook them on the coals, whole. You've never tasted fish until you've cooked them whole on the coals. We'd cook them on the coals. they cook in their own juices and just peel the skin off and cook in their skin whole. It's just, you know, mouth-watering juice, beautiful. But,
1: That's what it was all about down here, where we lived down here yeah. on Top Boba. You know, it was all about caring and sharing and looking after each other. And they did that, you know. We grew up, you know, I grew up being loved and nurtured, you know, by all, by my mum and dad and my my grandparents, yeah, my aunties and uncles. and, You know, we had a... Even though we were under the Aboriginal Protection Board and then it went to the Welfare Board. And this is the
2: difference between foster and Perfleet, I think, because they had a mission manager who lived on Sunrise Station. It was then, wasn't it? And he was the one that used to come out to Foster to hand out rations and things like that. And he'd come out here every so often and hand out stuff to us. And I remember my grandmother saying, go and stay in that room, you kids, and be quiet. Don't make a sound, you know. And... um, so we'd go in the room and be quiet. But we did,
1: they didn't have the freedom in Perth Street that we had. <sighs> I don't know. It's a, it's a big story. And I'm getting a bit emotional here because, you know, we had a good life. We did. Until they, till they took us out of those little houses that we had and made us go to somewhere we didn't want to go. You know, they, they wanted us to live like white people. And, you know, I think that broke the spirit of a lot of people. Because I remember Uncle Sid, you know, he lived in his house and he was at the front of the house and they were knocking his house down the back. You know, I think we've missed out a lot. You know, we missed out on our language because that was taken. They weren't allowed to talk, weren't allowed to speak the language there. And we're just getting that back now, our Gatung language. We were fringe dwellers.
2: We were on the outskirts of town. The town grew up around us. Now we're right slap bang in the middle of town. Um... There's a hospital on the ground where, where we used to play, and our our grandfathers and our our uncles, like Lyn's um, father and his brothers, they they uh, formed a football team. They um, were, um, you know, the first black, black Hawks team here, and there was a lot of um, racism and prejudice and against them, and um, they had the natural. Natural athleticism, and, um, and they won two premierships in a row. Well, the attitudes changed, eh? We lived at Tuncurry for a while. My father used to work at the sawmill over there. He was a Bundjalung man, my father, and he was a proud man too. But he worked up at Wallace Island for a while too. But um, when we lived at Tuncurry he was in the sawmill over there. And, um, yeah, that was like an Italian community. There was, you know, lots of Italians over there. The Basani's, the Pisanis, the Martyrs, the the Sarkas, and, and like th- there was no racism or anything like that there then. And um, everyone shared there too. And um, we're all still friends today. Mm. And it's funny because my great grandkids are friends with their kids today. And my great grandson, he says, Man, Chase is pop knows you he said he went to school with you <laughs> the only jobs around in foster for for, um, for black fellows was cleaning I started cleaning at the bowling club and I remember they said Janice do you want to try to polish the floor at the bowling club it was a wooden polished floor well I got onto that polish and it really swung me <laughs> <laughs> And then I was cleaning flats, I was cleaning crystal waters down opposite the little baths there and um Pam and I'd be cleaning and uh, every weekend, that's how we earn our money, or we'd go um we go picking, we'd go picking, picking blackberries, blackberries or pl- blackberries we'd pick bowls of blackberries mm-hmm. and and mushrooms and um I saw the biggest bunch of beautiful blackberries, and I walked in there real deadly. And there was a wasp nest in there because wasps are not like bees; sting you once, they just go boosh, 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 and I was oh sugar. So uh, yeah, the wasp got me. And
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) as we got older, you know, we wanted to go. Life wasn't any good any for us. We had to. We all went to Sydney at an early age. You know, I met a lot of a lot of. Beautiful oh, friends, a lot of my own people, like, we were all friends, we were all the same age and we, we congregated down there at the Empress, lived in Redfern there, <laughs> it was a different time and place then, yeah. there was no drugs, we'd walk them streets, we'd go from one pub down to the next one to the dance, then we'd go down to Alexandria to another place, then the oh, Foundation right. for Aboriginal Affairs, we'd go down there to Broadway, you know, I know, look, Gary Foley and the Munros and the Mary Coes Carroll's and, and oh. you know. The Gary Williams and Desi Williams, they all them fellas. You know, I marched in the lawns at Old Parliament House in 1972 Mm. with all the demonstrators down there about the Aboriginal Embassy. So one night when I was going to Sydney, I met my husband. Now, he was talking to my brother Willie about the football. Anyway, we got on the train and we talked for a while till he got to Broadmeadows on the signal box down there Broadmeadow. Broadmeadows. So we said, we parted ways then. Next minute comes down to Redfern looking for me at the Empress Hotel. And the rest is history. We had four kids. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's all about, you know, and I treasured my life with my, you know, living on the reserve. And I keep telling my kids about it. And I keep telling to my son, my eldest boy, he's 43 now. And I, every time he says something, I say, I'd keep telling her, and he said, oh, you're not going to tell us that, you're going to get He said, Mum, we've heard this before. I said, well, I'm going to keep telling it to you, son. I said, you know, I had a good life, I had a beautiful life with my beautiful mum and dad and my grandparents, you know, and if they were here today, you would have loved them and they would have loved you. But, you know, it was all, it's all about country and being together and all that loving and nurturing and, yeah.
2: On our reserve here, we had community dues too, like we had on Empire nights, <clears throat> which was the twenty fifth of May. you know we'd all come up here and grab a grab a piece of bush or take it down there to or an old tire and that and we'd put it in the middle of the flat and build a great big bonfire for the whole whole community, and everyone had their own crackers and bungers mm-hmm. and little Tom thumbs and skyrockets, yeah. and but it was a time when the whole community got together and yeah. had a really, you know, good gathering and yeah. and uh, skyrockets, you know, and, and seeing how high they could go, and ooh, uh, ooh, and ah, and oh and ah, oh, you know, do that's pretty, and everyone's got this rotten technology today, and they're stuck in their rooms, and they're,
1: yeah. you know, they're all separated from by technology today, right. and. When I walk outside, you know what I do? What do I look at? What do you think that I look at first when I walk outside? The sky. Yeah, the sky. I go straight out and I look straight up and I look all around like this. And I say to my grandkids, oh, what's it like, what's it like tonight? Is it going to be a good night or is it going to rain or the stars out? Is the moon out? Oh, mm. well, we don't know, Nan. That's what I do, Lynn. I said, don't just look up to the sky. I said, don't just look up at the stars all shining around and that big full moon that comes up over there. That's beautiful. I said we used to dan- jump up and down to that. Mum said, "Mum said now there's a big full moon tonight. You have to go out and you have to jump up and down and say, yah, yeah, wah wah,' and you'll grow tall. So that's what we did. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> oh gee, you know those special things that you know that we got from our parents and our you know our dads and grandfathers. They were big, tall, proud, of my men." You know, and they were hard workers, you know, and yet some of them weren't even allowed to go into a into a pub without that certificate of exemption, oh, you yeah.
2: know. That's one of the things that made me sad about Anzac Day, yeah. because when our soldiers came back from the war, Uncle Bob and Uncle Toke came home here in Foster. Their mates were here. I remember Uncle Toke and Uncle Bob. They um. They wanted to go into the pub and the RSL to have a beer with their mates and their mates, one of them, to mm. but they wasn't allowed in the pub and oh hell. And I was so angry and hurt when, you know, you, know, you grow up and you yeah. think, why the hell wasn't they allowed in? They fought the war just as much. They were in the front line, some of them, some of those soldiers, mm. and they wasn't allowed to go into the pub or the club when they came back. Mm. And I you know every Anzac day I'd see my mother crying. yeah, so I, I sort of lost that respect for RSL clubs yeah,
1: yeah. anyway so we'd, we'd, we've I think we've had a blessed life, I think you know, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've got all our beautiful friends and all of our beautiful families and kids, grandkids great grannies yeah, and you know and I, that, I you've got to treasure we treasure it well I treasure my life every day, you know. Yeah. I say to you know, I know there's a lot of drink around now and there's a lot of drugs and we've got a lot of problems you know I've got problems with my grandkids and you know, no matter what I say to them they're not listening to me yeah. and that well, makes me know. really sad you know I wouldn't like to see it would probably kill me if something happened to them but you know we just gotta, we just do do the best we can and you know get on with our lives and at least we can sit back and have a good old laugh at the times that we had And share those memories with everybody.
0: Conversations on Country is proudly brought to you by SBS and Saltwater Freshwater Arts Alliance and was recorded on Goombangir, Dangati, Biripai, and Waramai land. Our storytellers for this episode were proud Waramai women, Auntie Lynn Davis and Auntie Janice Paulson. Theme music was recorded by Grow the Music with Carrie Munro-Greentree on guitar and Ben Ferguson on didgeridoo. Special thanks also to Maddie Whitford. Production of this podcast series was by Simon Portis and Liz Keane from Headline Productions with additional production by Maddie Whitford. A big thank you also to the Murrubai Aboriginal Language and Culture Cooperative for their guidance.